We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. It's Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And before we hit you up, With episode 33, enjoy a quick word from That's Good Sports. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. My name is Travis May and I am the Debbie Coordinator at Rotoviz, and I am joined by Curtis Patrick, who is the Dynasty Coordinator at Rotoviz, and we are pumped to talk about some football this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about, so we, you know, we're thinking about an idea for just a topic this week, and uh, we actually settled with, uh, we need to talk. Uh, that, that's that's the topic, by the way, we need to talk, because we, we started off talking about some cells, and then we were just like, well, we kind of want to talk about some other players. Uh, it's going to be uh, some different takes on some very different levels of players uh, this week, but definitely some situations like uh, like the Cowboys, like like some confusing tight ends, like some running backs that uh, might be worth holding on to, but 
we'll, we'll get into that. But before we do, Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I, uh, I've got a busy night. I'm going to try to hit up the Dynasty rankings, the Debbie rankings, the premium email. i got a couple articles to do. We're Oof. recording two pods tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I mean, that's not is, enough going on. It's, it's the, <laughs> it's the mid, it's the mid season grind. I mean, um, we're not even to the quarter pole yet, but the season feels very, very real. I've got a glass of, you know, one of my favorites right here. Russell's reserve 10. Just makes me think about Tyler Lockett, you know, used to be Russell's reserve and, you know, now he's starting and, you know, he's just aged like this fine vintage <laughs> bourbon here. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good, man. Um, hey, before we dive into a couple of these first players, I uh, just want to remind all the listeners, if you're going to play uh, DFS this week, you got to play over at Yahoo and you got to check out the $400,000 baller this week. It's a $50,000 uh, prize to first place, um, 150 max entries. Of course, Yahoo has uh, just a really unique platform for their cash games and head-to-heads where uh, you can have a quick match. Just just really liking that that format. I uh, produce some content over at rotaviz.com uh, specifically for the Yahoo DFS games and to take advantage of their pricing, so you can check that out. Uh, but yeah, the $400,000 baller, uh, that's where you want to throw those dimes this week. Nice, nice. Yeah, speaking of midseason stuff going on, I, I, after this show, I've got to hop on and do some uh, DFS work myself. I been working on a college football DFS model, which has been a lot of fun, but can't wait to dive into that and spend hours this evening. But before I do that, we need to talk about the Cowboys, uh, specifically Dak Prescott, uh, maybe even a little bit of Amari, uh, just because I was I was digging into that offense and just uh, like what's making them tick right now because they're three and zero. They seem to be incredibly efficient. Like what's different about Dak? What's different about Amari? What's different about is it, is it Zeke? Is it, is it the magic of late game Tony Pollard? Uh, and, and then I really just found that, man, Dak is performing at an unreasonably uh, efficient level right now. Like So far, he's got three quarterback one weeks in a row, all over 25 kind of standard fantasy points. And for his career, about 25 you know, hitting that threshold of 25% to 25 points or more, he hits that about one-third of the time throughout his career. So it's kind of crazy to see how efficient he's been. He's he's 19th in pass attempts right now, but he's first in completion percentage and second in fantasy points over expectation per game. So my, my question for you, Curtis, is, is this sustainable for Dak and, and the Cowboys moving forward? Um, it's definitely sustainable for probably up to half the season. I mean, the Cowboys have just an amazing, an amazing strength of schedule uh, when you look at their opponents and their passing defenses. And it, unfortunately, it comes to a grinding halt, uh, just a grinding halt in fantasy crunch time. Listen to Dak's opponents starting in week 10, man. This is insane. Minnesota, then he gets Detroit, which is going to be pretty neutral. Then he gets New England, Buffalo, Chicago, and the Los Angeles Rams. Finally, he'll be vindicated by uh, a Week 16 title week matchup with the Eagles. Um, but, you know, if, if you have any depth at quarterback uh, and single QB, you're not going to be using Dak really probably starting in that New England week. And Superflex, you're going to keep playing him, but you can't expect this type of output. But, I mean, he certainly could help you get out to those 6-2, and 7-1, and 8-0 starts if he keeps this up. And 
I mean, to your point, the efficiency is insane. I mean, this is like Aaron Rodgers, like prime level efficiency. When you think about the actual, you know, opportunities being given only 19th in the NFL in attempts, 12th in completions. And you would think maybe that, okay, well, he's up here at QB four because of rushing. Well, it's not even because of rushing. I mean, he, had, he in yeah. game in game two, he had 69 yards rushing, but you know, beyond that, uh, week one, 12 yards, week three, seven yards, only one rushing touchdown. It's really, it's been the passing touchdowns and that huge 400 yard outburst in week one. And of course he's, you know, he's limiting the, the interceptions, um, which he's, he's always been yeah. pretty good at doing, but it's just this battery between him, him and Amari, um, if dating back, you know, to week six of 2018, um, which I think predates Amari maybe by a week or two. No, actually, no, I think that might've been Amari's first week was week six. I don't know if you have that handy to pull up, but uh, starting with Jacksonville, week six, 2018, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, ten, ten QB1 performances to yeah. just, and then three QB2s and then one just falling outside. I mean, he's basically been automatic ever since, you know, the middle of 2018. So, I, you know, I guess that's a roundabout way of saying, you know, do I think he can stay at QB4 all season? Probably not. I think the back half of the season hurts him. But man, if the Cowboys sign Amari long term um, and they decide to put this team a little bit more on Dak's shoulders and split the load between Zeke and Tony Pollard, who's showing the receiving chops. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Dak's long term prospects, you know, the arrow could be up. You know, he's he's basically been an underappreciated, underrated fantasy quarterback for the duration of his career. And now he's doing it on his arm. I mean, imagine if he puts the rushing back in at this point. So, um, yeah, it's it's like I guess I'm selling QB four, but I don't know. I don't know how much low I'd really feel comfortable bumping him after this start he's going to get off to. I mean, I, I'm probably still buying him. You know, clearly as a top ten, you know, quarterback right now, probably top eight. Yeah, and and that makes sense. I think for this season, especially at mid season, I, I hate to kind of roll into the playoffs uh, with a, a nasty schedule. Uh, like he has though and with quarterbacks even in super flex leagues i like to if i can reposition myself uh, for the playoff run even mid-season in dynasty I, i'm trying to, to just play the matchups and plan ahead and if you if you see something shaping up like that i i look to pivot it, it, especially when it's somebody that is right now probably not selling at qb4 prices in dynasty but is most definitely selling as like a you know quarterback eight quarterback seven type range player. If I think he's more of like a quarterback 11 and 12 long-term, I'm okay uh, selling him at the QB eight, QB nine, QB 10 type price. If, if I want to reposition myself to make a, a run at the championship. So yeah, I, I think that really my, my idea for maybe potentially thinking of selling Dak was, you know, the, the schedule, the, the outlook uh, long-term, but man, Amari looks like he's on the same page with Dak in a major way. And and because of that, Amari is also kind of now this, well, probably not anymore, but he's kind of like this bounce back candidate. You know, his value dropped off the face of the planet after his down season with the Raiders. He goes to the Cowboys and down the stretch, he's a wide receiver one. This year, he's already wide receiver one. So for me, he's he's kind of catapulted himself back into the wide receiver one conversation, top end wide receiver one conversation. I mean, he's wide receiver, what, four or so right now. Um, I, I don't see how by the end of this season, especially like you said, with this mid-season hot streak that they're probably going to see. I don't see how Amari's not like a top five dynasty wide receiver uh, after people kind of take a moment and realize, oh, this is his 
fourth 1,000 plus yard season, uh, and he's now just the absolute bay of his uh, his quarterback. So I, I just feel like he he's going to be somebody that um, well I wish he, I bought a long time ago, but uh, even now might be still a good buy target just because of where his probably his ceiling's probably going to go. Uh, are are you trying to acquire Amari, or is that just long since gone? Those the windows closed. Yeah, I don't I don't think buying Amari right now uh, is probably too wise. I mean, he scored yeah. four touchdowns yeah. in three weeks, and um, I, I I think you know I, I mean I don't even I don't think that there's a great time to buy him for the rest of the year. No. Um, and and it's you know it just kind of remind what Amari is doing this year. You know, it's it's the same boat. He's thirty fourth in targets, fourth in PPR. PPR uh, positional ranking and and his expected fantasy points per game are just 38th. Um, It's just that he's been so incredibly efficient because of, of the touchdowns. I mean, let's look at some of his games here. He had uh, six for one Oh six and a touchdown on nine targets in week one, four for 44 and a touch on five targets in week two. And then he scored the two touchdowns early in in the dolphins game. Um, you know, I think the the danger here is that I'm not sure he can get elite volume. I think the touchdowns have to keep up. I mean, Dallas is now we could talk about their strength of schedule the first three games. I mean, the the Giants, the Skins, and the Dolphins. You know, that's hardly uh, a formidable <laughs> lineup. But he's had. I mean, Amari specifically has had a great track record of success against the Saints, uh, averaging over 106 yards a game uh, for his career in matchups with New Orleans, and then. And his one matchup with Green Bay, it's been several years ago, just torched him for 120 and two touchdowns. I mean, I think he's going to stay hot uh, for the next couple weeks. So, I mean, I guess if you want to buy him today because you think he's going to go even higher in two weeks, that's fine. But, I mean, I I think you'd probably have to give up a player like in the Michael Thomas range uh, to be able to move for him. And Devontae Adams. Yeah. And are you, (laughs) are you really prepared to do that? You know, probably not. So yeah. um, Amari, Amari firmly a a dynasty wide receiver one. Um, You know, we had that position this summer and I think he, he's proving it would like to see a little bit more volume uh, to make this sustainable. But I think the big thing you and I would both be hoping for is let's just make sure the Cowboys marry these two guys together for the long haul. It'd be really fun. Uh, and, and preserve preserve amazing. what they're both doing uh, for the long haul for sure. So, uh, hey man, I got I got to pitch it to you for a word from a sponsor. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I I don't know if you do actually, Curtis, but I do use Harry's razors. I and I didn't until I heard it on another podcast. Uh, but if you have heard of uh, Harry's on another podcast or not at all, uh, you should definitely visit their website. You, you can check out all of the different shave sets and face care products. Uh, you can join the 10 million who've tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. And why try Harry's? Because Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and, and paying for overpriced razors. You see, Harry, Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. It's just $2 per blade. And if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. You see, this this summer you can refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners on this show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. And make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. 
I do. Uh, you wouldn't know it by looking at me right now, but I still have to trim the edges of this beard. I got to keep the <laughs> cheekbones tight. I oh, do. Okay. Ha- I do have a Harry's handle, <laughs> and actually, my son, my eight-year-old son, has his own Harry's blade. I bought the father-son shaving set uh, for Father's Day a couple years ago, and uh, we have we have fun nice. uh, with the little one shaving in his razorless uh, kit there. So yeah, check that out too. Great gift set. Let's let's talk about <laughs> some guys a little further down the dynasty rankings, um, and, and let's start with DJ Chark <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, D- DJ Chark, man. Uh, <laughs> Just a little, just a little further down than Amari. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's further down, but DJ yeah. Chark, man, Gard, uh, Gardner Minshew um, has just uh, really helped to get this guy off to a, a red hot start in year two. Former second round pick, uh, you know, kind of straight line speed and athleticism guy. And, uh, you know, as a rookie, we were a little confused on on what it would mean for him in terms of early opportunity in the Jaguars depth chart, Marquise Lee wasn't hurt yet at that point. We had D.D. Westbrook who had flash years uh, earlier. And, uh, you, you know, I, I just don't know that we expected him to get a real shot early. And then and then this offseason, the team brings in Chris Conley, uh, who in some ways has a little bit of skill overlap there. Um, but Chark, man, uh, really impressive. What do, what do you have on him? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, dating back to his college, he was just a big playmaker. I mean, uh, LSU until this this season really has never really loved to send a bunch of targets their their way the the wide receivers way and and for whatever reason they always have really good wide receivers in college and they waste them and then they go to the pros and dominate I mean if you look at I mean just a couple guys and and Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry now DJ Chark finding some success and really since 2014 LSU's actually been the wide receiver university providing us with the most fantasy points from any school in the entire country at the wide receiver position. So I'm not surprised that DJ Chark hit with draft capital, with the elite speed that he had, and his final season averaging almost 22 yards per reception. So now being a big play threat already, his first game of the year averaging 37 yards per reception, uh, blowing up for you know 146 yards and a score. That's probably, obviously, that, that was not going to be sustainable. Four, four targets, four catches, 150 yards, that's not going to happen. But the, you know, the next two games where he saw nine targets, five targets, obviously not feature wide receiver target levels, but he, he's being efficient with his targets because he's such a, an amazing deep threat. So I, right now he's 46th in targets. So I think his wide receiver 8 or 9 or 10, depending on your format, that's probably not going to sustain itself. Uh, he's he's second in, in fantasy points over expectation right now. So that should probably come down to earth a little bit. But if he averages, you know, six, seven targets per game, ends up with 100 targets on the year, is a flex, boom, bust, flex type play that kind of can kind of win you a week here and there, um, that's fantastic. Uh, for what you invested probably because you probably bought him for an early third round rookie pick in most cases that was where he was going a lot of and a lot of my drafts behind players like ESB and I think one league he went behind Deion Kane and John Kelly and it was just hilarious how how late he was going so if I've been holding on to DJ Chark to this point I'm okay selling if I can sell him to somebody as a as a real wide receiver too, or even like a consistent flex value, I'm okay moving off him for some future assets, especially if I'm not competing right now. But uh, at the same time, he could provide that boom bust kind of almost best ball type feel, and I think there's some value to that. 
Uh, so are, are you looking to move off a of chart or are you looking to just kind of enjoy the points while they last? Well, let me answer that question with a couple questions of my own, Travis. Hey, who ranks first among wide receivers in the NFL in fantasy points over expectation? First? It's DJ Chark. <laughs> first. Okay, see, I thought first. it was second. Man. Uh, Okay. No, he's he's first according to the root of his NFL stat explorer. Wow. Okay. Uh and you know, he, he actually ranks twenty sixth uh, at the position in air yards per target. Um but to your point, I mean I we need more raw opportunity. We need more targets uh pushed his way. You know, some of this production has certainly been bolstered by, you know, three straight games with a touchdown. And yeah. you know, I, I don't think I'll take the under on DJ Chark scoring sixteen touchdowns <laughs> this year, obviously. But um, you know, it just going back to his his college profile just a little bit. I mean, sixty five or sixty fifth percentile breakout age. You know, at, at age twenty on the dot, uh, it's college yards per reception ninety six percentile, almost twenty two yards per reception for his career. A four three four forty. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. talking a guy you know well above the ninety fifth percentile in in terms of his speed. So, um, you know, I, th- I I can buy him being you know viable as a flex. I mean. I'm with you that I would sell him if anyone was offering me wide receiver two value, but outside of like, you know, super Jaguars fanboy, and I don't think we're getting those offers. So, (laughs) um, I, I think, I think the way to sell Chark, you know, if you can package him up with another similar player and go after one of these struggling, struggling elites, Mm -hmm. you know, put in Chark with a first put in Chark with, you know, um, I don't know. Give me somebody else that's over that's overperforming. You know, earlier this year. E- you know, even putting Chark with, you know, um, Terry McLaurin, your boy, <laughs> um, or uh, or if you if nah, you want to hold nah, on nah, to him, I don't wanna... how about MVS for the Packers? Oh, Chark and MVS, uh, Chark and MVS. I mean, you know, maybe you could add something to that to a, a desperate uh, a desperate guy who doesn't know he should be tanking and, and get after a Devonte Adams. You know, if you can get first round value on shark and MVS in that package, uh, that might be something to do, or even packaging him with somebody like Amari. If we don't think Amari can keep, uh, this production up, you know, moving forward because of his relative lack of volume, trying to get up into that OBJ tier, uh, you, you know, with a guy like shark as part of that package, I think that's probably the way to do it. You try to get give him to somebody who who's wanting a little bit more out of one of their studs. But um, yeah, I would agree. I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to end the year as, you know, a a top 10 quarterback. And (laughs) as a result, you know, some of these guys are going to, going to fall off. So, uh, but I mean, just in general, it's certainly encouraging for Chark. And uh, you know, if, if, if he were to, if he were to break in, you know, to the top 30, even I think in targets, this type of player could be really, really valuable you know, as a, as a threat to score on, on basically any target moving forward. So another guy who's a threat to score anytime he touches the ball, Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is running back six in PPR uh year to date. Where, where are you with Derrick Henry? I know you're the resident Titans expert. Oh man, this is this. I think this player was the, the inspiration for the, the title of uh, we need to talk the, 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 Man, the Titans are just frustrating uh, as a fan, uh, as a fantasy owner, especially if you had high hopes for like Corey Davis or any wide receiver type option, you know, besides maybe, you know, Delaney, a tight end. Uh, and obviously Derrick Henry looks like he's the real deal, but uh, he's been kind of trending downwards and he cannot catch passes. He doesn't really give he's not really given many targets anyway. But he had a horrible drop that he could have taken for a touchdown this past week. And he, that one 
play that he dropped could have actually given him his third consecutive running back one week. So the potential's there. The, the touches, the overall opportunities are there. It, it looks like he's a top 10 running back in terms of overall opportunity. The Titans are going to keep feeding him regardless of whether he can actually catch the ball and, and uh, do anything through the air. That remains to be seen still uh, almost through his rookie contract. He's not really developed in that regard. You like to see your future backs catch some passes. Uh, you like them to be more consistent. But I think with the Titans' identity, uh, it, it really boils down to they want to dominate the trenches. They want to, they want to win on the ground uh, and throw when they have to. And so if that's the case and Derrick Henry's the guy, then it's kind of hard to fade him. And because of the running backs ahead of him, there's really just only a couple options that you are maybe three options in like Cook, Kamara and and McCaffrey that are just you know the surefire studs maybe a couple other guys but after that it's it's like Derrick Henry's just going to by default be a running back one after the season so for me he's he's hold now because he's going to get the touches he's going to be a, a running back one by default but I think as the season progresses if you're not in a in position to win your championship right now he's an absolute sell probably three or four weeks from now for me are you right there Curtis I I don't really think I would sell Derrick Henry right now, uh, only yeah. because there it running back is so unsettled and he is one of the guys that's producing and and he's getting the opportunities. I mean, uh if I would have told you before the year that he was gonna pace for something like forty targets, I mean you would have taken that all day long. I mean, his career yeah. previous career high was eighteen targets in twenty eighteen. He's gonna and catch so four of them. He is getting <laughs> Yeah, I mean his catch percentage isn't isn't where it was quite. You know, he only he only failed to uh, haul in three of his eighteen targets last year, and you know he's already matched that through three games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, this he even though he's only getting two or three targets a week, that actually you know is like double what he got last year. Um, so the team has made good on that, getting him a little bit more involved. Uh, he's he's going to set a career easily set a career high and rushing attempts. He has a rushing touchdown in all three games this year. And, you know, Joe, I mean, Joe Mixon has been a disaster. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is going to be out for half the season. Um, Devontae Freeman has been a flop. I mean, a, a lot of the guys that, you know, were, you know, Sonny Michelle has been, I, I feel bad for you, Sonny Michelle owners. I mean, it, it's just, there's who, who are you going to trade him for unless you're pivoting off of running back? And, and at some point, we have to start some running backs in our lineups. I mean, in, in, unless you're in one of these leagues that's like, you know, super flex and then everything else is just a flex, you know, which I've seen some of those leagues out there. Most leagues require you to start at least running back, one running back. I mean, Derrick Henry, I will be very surprised if he's not a top 10 running back. And, and I would probably put him somewhere, you know, around running back seven or eight if, if the team doesn't change his usage, you know, between now and the end of the year. I, I think he's... He's the hands down favorite to lead the league in rushing touchdowns, right? Uh, so I mean, yeah. I I just don't I just don't see what's going to change. I mean, unless the unless the Titans, you know, they're one and two. If they decide decide to just you know scrap this whole thing and see what they've got with some other players, but I, I don't really see that. I feel like that coaching staff needs to win right now. They got a new OC who's going to want to prove that he can do it. Um, this isn't a team that's going to want to throw in the towel. You know, I already see the press conferences with Delaney Walker frustrated, wanting to galvanize the guys and bring them back together. So I. I don't think I actually would sell Derrick Henry unless somebody like forced me off of him yeah. with the offer. And that's fair. And that, and again, for me, it's not really a sell now. It's just like knowing where he's probably going to go. His trajectory is going to be 
fine. He's going to keep scoring. And for me, that's that's when, given that he's still not been given an extension and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year, a lot can change for the guy moving forward. And in Dynasty, I'm okay betting on him, um, his value decreasing after maybe three, four more weeks. I'm just looking here soon. I'm just monitoring Derrick Henry because if he's on my roster, I'm not taking him out of my starting lineup. He's definitely starting every week that he's on my team. I'm just monitoring what his value is here moving forward just because I know um, that I'm I'm not sure he's going to score a touchdown every week, and I'm not sure he's ever going to figure out uh, how to be a consistent contributor in the passing game. I know his targets are upticking, but I I still don't believe it. It's going to be a long-term solution there, and and the Titans are actually in position to move off of uh, several key offensive options and even a couple of defensive players uh, at the end of this season. So they could try to really pivot – significantly if they if they don't get the results they want to see so i i maybe maybe i'm just skeptic skeptical just because I've, i'm frustrated with the team but <laughs> that's just kind of where i am with with yeah I, yeah i think it's fair to say you know I, he he is what he is at this point i yeah. think that the dream of him somehow becoming you know a 60 or 70 target back and that he was going to show up as a totally different player in that facet of the game you know i, I think that ship has sailed um but we saw, you know, maybe a sim- somewhat of a similar situation would have been, you know, 2017, 2018 Jordan Howard, you know, when he was able mm-hmm. to somehow find his way to like 30 receptions and and be a running back one. I think that's range of possible outcomes here, oh, certainly yeah. for Henry with the way he's being used, plus the touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not rising to Kamara levels or to Zeke levels or even probably to Nick Chubb levels. But I mean, given the running back landscape, he's about as solid of an investment as you can have outside of the elite if you're competing this year. Yeah, no, yeah, and I agree. I agree. I think I think we're really, really close on the same page there. But at the uh, end of a hard week, uh, this week sounds crazy for you, Curtis, and kind of crazy for me. And at the end of this week, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to take some time off, and I'm going to watch some football. And, and game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. I mean, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's there's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. And so you can just do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. And no one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. And don't forget, when where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. And it's, it's, I was actually just talking to some local uh, sports guys here in Nashville this week, this week. And I was like, hey, is there any other option you guys prefer? And they actually play there too. And that's where you should as well. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. I mean, you can just do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. And if you're kind of the you know the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all if all your picks come through, you you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Yes, double it. And you can just use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You can visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, let's let's wrap this uh, let's wrap this episode up with uh, talking about a pair of tight ends that have really been 
well, one of them might be the talk of the season, and another uh, could be the talk of the next quarter of the season. The first, Darren Waller. And, and Darren Waller not only has picked up where Jared Cook left off last year, he's really taken this thing in Oakland uh, to, to new heights. He's, he's tight end PPR, or PPR tight end three through three games, and he has really been uh, Derek Carr's preferred target in the short area of the field. I, I could not believe this. I'm looking at the <laughs> Rotoviz NFL Stat Explorer, Travis, and I'm looking at the bypass location breakdown. Okay, he's been targeted 22 times across the f- left, middle, right, doesn't matter which which uh, segment of the field here. Under 10 yards, he's been targeted 22 times. He's caught all 22 targets. <laughs> 22 out of t- 100% completion oh rating to Darren Waller in the short area of the field. Uh, 100% uh, catch rate. And, I mean, this that's the type of thing that is very sustainable the rest of the year, given how the Raiders offense is playing and having to adjust to not having Antonio Brown around and all the attention that, that Tyrell Williams is getting on the outside. I mean, Waller still gets those preferred matchups on the inside or, or in the slot. So Darren Waller very much, I, I don't think anyone's going to make an argument that he's not here to stay. I mean, third and targets at the position, um, you know, he's just getting pummeled with volume. So I think the real question is, is do you, you know, do you believe in this player for, for dynasty? Because this is an age 27 breakout and he's just had such a up and down start to his career until this point, basically been all potential with, with no, uh, with no payoff. So do you believe in Waller? Are you willing to rank him as a, a mid tight end one yet? I, these days, I mean, mid tight end one, it, it's almost not not super difficult to to get to that point, just because it's so it's such a mess at the position outside the, the the top elite options. There's a couple of new faces joining the ranks in that conversation, but I think I don't really care as much with these tight end breakouts being a little bit later. We've seen that in recent years with with a couple other big names that uh, haven't all the way broken out. But Darren Waller's done almost nothing at this point to this point in his career, which is a little concerning. But he's not exactly your typical tight end prospect. Like if you look back to, you know, his college days, I mean he was kind of a wide receiver. And I say kind of a wide receiver because he played for Georgia Tech and they don't have any real wide receivers. They just kind of have a bunch of kind of wide receivers. And and when he tested as a as a major plus athlete at the combine I had to give him a second look because he didn't have much production in college, but he ran a 4.46 at the combine, had a crazy vertical, almost 40 inches. So he had some crazy, I mean, even his um, agility score was was pretty solid for a tight end. So athletically speaking, he looked the part, 6'6", 240-ish pounds. He looked like he could really do something, do some damage if, if given the opportunity, and he's never really been given the opportunity. And so now that he has it, and he's been given some time to develop his game, develop into a real tight end because he never really was that in college. He's finally figuring out. He's finally putting it all together. Now he has the opportunity, and he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet this season with this opportunity, and he's still been a tight end one every single week. So I think when he starts scoring those touchdowns, he's going to dominate even more so. So I, I, I don't see a way that he doesn't finish as a top five tight end this season. And uh, that's probably going to thrust him into a ridiculous conversation where he's probably inside that top five, top five, six range uh, by season's end. And he's already top 10 locked right now for me. Yeah, 30% uh, team target market share through three weeks ranks first among all tight ends. 
with that. So I, I think he's he's in a group where you start, you know, the tier that starts at tight end six. You know, last week we talked and, and we, we moved Mark Andrews to tight end five together. Um, and starting at tight end six, I think, is where he can enter the discussion. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, from not not from him, but maybe from some other guys. Um, can O.J. Howard find his way uh, to to, you know, any production this year? Can T.J. Hawkinson have another solid week? You know, he started off with basically a historic performance in week one. Can can he start to be more productive as the the year goes on? Uh, is Austin Hooper going to be consistent because this is a guy that just kind of steadily and slowly climbing up uh, as, as a producer that's maybe not super flashy, but it's just getting the job done. Uh, and beyond that, I mean, it's just, it's just gross. Yeah. You know, uh, Trey, I mean, Trey Burton's a nothing. Vance McDonald is hurt again. <laughs> Dallas Goddard's getting no opportunity. Hunter Henry, of course, uh, not getting uh, his fair shake uh of even being able to be get on the field david and joku now on ir um yeah so like you said you know it's not not a very high bar to set a guy that's not in the top six conversation but just had his situation completely change is will disley and i'm i'm very guilty very guilty uh in 2018 of of not you know not really being on this guy you know whatsoever um it was kind of a huge eyebrow raiser when he was even drafted. Uh, and then, you know, he had the couple games where he, you know, he scored and a lot of people were asking me like in dynasty command center and Twitter, you know, is even worth, you know, stashing. And my answer was basically across the board. No, Well, we got to fast forward now three weeks into, into 2019. He's played seven games in his career. He's only made seven appearances, Travis. And if he gets five targets, so four out of four out of those seven games, he's received five targets. Every time he's gotten five targets, he scored at least one touchdown. <laughs> so kinda, I mean, basically, yeah. if he's been involved, yeah, it's it's, it's wild. If he's been involved, uh, if he's been involved, he's been productive. And the team just traded away Nick Vanette. Somehow got a fifth round pick. I mean, good on them. I like Nick Vanette, but he, you know, that was highway robbery at this point for what Vanette's been in his career to this point. They traded Vanette away to the Steelers uh, as a, a replacement or a, a, a patchwork solution for Vance McDonald. And this is Disley's show now. Yeah. So, uh, dis- yeah, I mean, good on you if, if you picked Disley up um, early and were aggressive on your waivers or if you had been stashing him since last year in your deeper league team. Um, but, man, I mean, five, five touchdowns and seven career appearances. You know, we've seen tight ends be – really you know effective like that before i mean maybe he can be like a baby ebron this year um with russell wilson who by the way is having you know maybe the most fantastic start ever in his career uh anything you can tell the listeners about disley travis i mean i really was not on this guy at all coming out of college yeah i mean he was kind of one of those guys that in nfl draft conversations i kept on hearing his name and thinking man are you serious why why is he even really considered here i mean he started as as a defensive lineman a really super unproductive defensive lineman for washington and they were like well maybe you can do the tight end thing and uh he actually was okay but not great so i think what probably intrigued the seahawks was their run first team that saw a guy that could a huge body decent athleticism decent run blocker uh right out of the gate and so they spent some capital on him, um, and it just so happens that he could also catch the ball in those 
those games where he saw at least five targets. I mean, he averaged like 65 yards receiving as well. So this is a player that uh, I think a lot of people were sleeping on just because of his, again, just atypical route to fame and, and glory in the NFL. Uh, just somebody who switched positions again uh, and and just was a stud at the tight end position. And I think he can develop into that. I, I don't have him ranked very high still, but um, I definitely like his opportunity this year. And if he hits that maybe nine touchdown mark, I think he's going to fly up rankings. He's going to be in that that uh, back end tight end one range, and that's probably not going to surprise uh, anyone if they look at uh, what he's already done. But uh, obviously, obviously, it's kind of hard to say back end tight end one and not get screamed at by someone. But uh, he's not there yet. <laughs> he's not there yet. But I think if well, he, if he continues on this track, there's no way he's not. While you were doing that, I was looking up uh, his yards after catch reception in the road of his NFL stat explorer and he, he's ranked 51st at the position this year at, at 2.8 uh yards after catch per reception the reason I was looking that up is because Will Disley ran a 487 28th percentile <laughs> 40 um with a second percentile burst score this okay this guy couldn't ju- <laughs> he could not jump over his cat look okay? man he, like, he was literally a defensive this lineman but, <laughs> yeah I, I'm not I'm just okay. I'm just saying he he's going to he's going to have to maintain his 23.1 percent target market share uh, in the red zone for this to continue for this to continue at the level that it's at because he's not adding anything on his own. I mean he's he's received 14 percent of the Seahawks targets uh, year to date, which is 12th overall at the position, and that's fine. But his yak is. I just don't think he'll ever be able to add much in that category because of, of his challenges uh, in the athleticism department. So um, he, if, if he stays a, a target in the red zone, sure. But in weeks where he doesn't score a touchdown, you know, I, I think he's, he's very much, you know, a replaceable uh, tight end producer. So I'm still not yeah. like, <laughs> I'm I'm very much on team. I'm very much on team. Will Disley is usable right now. Uh, clearly, <laughs> very much on that team. Um, I, I I need to see more, um, especially now that you know he he knows he's the guy because that big scary Nick Vanette's out of the way. Um, so can he deal with the pressure of being the man in the tight end room? We will we will find out. But that's that's all we've got uh, for today on on we need to talk uh, all over the board. Uh, on these rankings bring us home travis thanks for joining us again for another dynasty command center podcast as always you can find me on twitter at ff underscore travis m if you want to tell me how bad my takes were uh if you want to tell curtis the same that's fine you can find him at at c patrick nfl we're always happy to talk some football uh, and if you want to just hop in our premium Slack chat, you can do that too. It's just a, a great community. I'm, I'm loving more every single week uh, for the Dynasty Command Center, that is. So check that out at DynastyCommandCenter.com. But until next time, keep living that Dynasty life.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.